Hi there, welcome to Falling Up Radio. This is Michael Harris. I'm really excited that you're here. This show is really for people that really think about falling down and challenges of life as really fertilizer to creating and manifesting their vision. And we have a guest on today that's going to talk just about that and how she did it too. But first, I, I want to tell you, um, if you go to the website, fallingupradio.com, you may be watching this live video on the website, or you may be watching the audio or listening to the audio. I don't know how you watch an audio, but maybe you could. Uh, but if you go to the website, you can get a free copy of the book, Falling Down, Getting Up. This book was number one in, in stress, yoga, and recovery. Uh, so you can go there, and you'll also start to get lots of great additional tips and resources that may help you on your journey. So with that being said, I want to get right to our guest. I just happened to, to meet our guest recently, and um, I'm intrigued by the subject that she talks about and what she works with. And I know just a little bit about her, but I really want to bring her out on the show and really to let her open up. And I just want to mention a, a couple of things. Our guest once upon a time was really working for somebody else. She's helped raise over $2 billion in capital. That's a B, $2 billion. That's a lot of money. You know, and she, her business skills and experiences really, you know, allowed her to create badass, you know, strategies and consulting and accountability. And it just goes on and on and on. But at one point, it just wasn't serving her. So I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. I want her to let the cat out of the bag. So, Jackie, welcome to our show. Jackie Simic. Welcome. Simic, yes, Jackie Simic. Nice to meet you and nice to see you. Nice to meet everyone that's joining us, wherever you're joining us from. Yeah, let's dive. I, when, when I start, I want to dive right in. Now, I know you, you were in the corporate world, so to speak, for a number of years and um, you got burnout and you, you started traveling around the world. What happened in that corporate environment that you just had had enough? Well, the, the thing is, like, when you're in the thick of it, I don't even know if you know that you've had enough. Like, you're just so, like, existing on this cycle, right? And then everyone around you is doing it, too. So you're, like, in the middle of the biggest group think and... So you think that this is, this is all normal. And I luckily had a lot of friends that weren't in the corporate space. And so with one of them, I went on a trip and we went, I got three weeks off of work. Don't ask me how. And we went off to Asia and went to Vietnam and to Laos. And I don't know, I experienced things there that I hadn't experienced. I had such an emotional um emotions overcome me when I was leaving that was so unexpected and just to witness all of these beautiful people that really had no idea what I did back in New York you know they didn't care about the job title they didn't care about what size apartment I had or car or how many you know what my bag brand was or any of that type of stuff that we in this society that like, sort of put a lot of emphasis on um, for worth and value and so all that stuff gets stripped away all the labels get stripped away and you just connect with someone human to human and it was such a beautiful experience that when I was coming home I said to myself like I'm not gonna let you know I'm not gonna live my life and do this for two to three weeks every year like I want to see the world and I want to have these types of experiences more often and or for a longer period of time and not do it over some span of 30 years right so 
I came home and I made myself a promise that I would leave my job a year later. And so I started to prepare for that. And I really thought I was going to be a complete chicken. You know what? I don't know if I could swear on this show, but I swear a lot. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> All right. So I thought I was going to be a total chicken shit and not do it. Right. I think I was even looking for like excuses, but you know, the months, months went on and I started to tee up my boss and started to tee up my life, my landlord, all that stuff. And to, you know, to the day, almost a year later, I, I left my job and I got on a one-way flight and I backpacked for a long time by myself um, and had a lot of those types of experiences that I was looking for. And of course had ups and downs as my mom so beautifully said one day when I was on the road and I was having a down day. It's being on the road is still life. You still have ups and downs. Not every day is going to be perfect. And so I, yeah, I went out and I thought like I was going to fall in love with someone or some place and kind of never come back. And I was really in this like unbeknownst to me at the time, this searching phase, like not realizing that like I really was seeking something and that sort of had been a theme. Now I could see the theme looking back of always looking for something outside of myself to feel the fulfillment within, right? So in when you live in the corporate life or like, you know, chasing, so you're chasing money, you're chasing, you know, experiences and Instagram and all these other things that are like stimulating you outside or making you think that you need these things outside of yourself. And this was the ultimate looking for something outside of yourself, right? I didn't find it in Manhattan, so I'm going to go find it on the other side of the world. So, so let me ask you, in your corporate world, were you in a skyscraper in Manhattan going there I, every single day? I was, um, let's see, before the trip. So I, I'm going to like scooch all around. I did end up going back to the same job when I came back from the trip. That's like way down on the story. So at some point, though, yes, I was in a skyscraper. I think at the time, like, I'm going to get my timeline all messed up, but at one point I was 32 with an off an office on Park Ave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a in a private equity firm. So yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't doing so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, on, actually raised, I was raising capital in the late eighties to mid to late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you I, know, I, I know. I we la- I laugh because I'm like I wasn't doing so bad, but it depends on what measuring stick you're using, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but everything happens for a reason, and and like you know, even in like the darkest hour, like if you can get through that hour, you see how that's serving you, like kind of, yeah. you know, very similar to like what your teachings and your beliefs are, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you come out of your your tower, you put your backpack on. I realize you didn't put it on right there. You jump on a plane. You're in Asia traveling around these these different places yeah Europe, what, what Asia, insights, the yeah what were the insights that were coming through oh my gosh um really getting getting used to and and struggling through like loneliness mm. and um uncertainty and you can see i could see it coming through because i would like try to over plan things or would try to I'd make decisions not based on like what I really wanted, but like, oh my gosh, okay, that group of people are going there. Like, I'll go with them. So things like that, that's still like, you know, me not really like knowing myself or being confident in myself that I could navigate um, completely alone, you know, to everyone else on the outside. They're like, oh my God, you're on the other side of the world. But like inside, I still knew I was like, you know, 
playing it safe to the, to some yeah. extent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the the more beautiful things, like you know, of course, the human to human connection, seeing how people that really don't have much out there are really happy. Um, they're willing to give you the last of what they have, like as a guest, or you know, just even. You know, that's just their hospitality or their belief yeah. systems or their religion to just serve other people. So seeing that was really beautiful. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, the, the oppression of women everywhere, like, and just, you know, uneducated or doing really hard work um, or just the way that they're being treated, you know, just things like that. That was really hard to see. And that was sort of a universal thing that I saw throughout. Um, you know, again, on the flip side, faith. Faith was a really beautiful thing to see, to see people that, again, had not much in terms of resources be so devoutly believing in whatever it is that they believed in and to have that faith and to gather as a community to build monuments and temples and churches and all sorts of mosques yeah. and things to, like, celebrate yeah. that. Yeah, the, so it was definitely eye-opening. And then at some point, I was I missed home. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So how, how long did it take you to, to miss home? And then I heard you say that it took about a year to the day that you went back to your old job. So how long did it take you to miss home when you were on the road? Was it a month? Was it seven months? Oh, I mean, I missed home up and down, you know, and I, I had started a relationship before I left. So things were in the works. I was leaving and then I met this person and it was very intense very quickly. And we didn't, we kind of left it open-ended. And as I was on the road, we grew closer together. So um, didn't expect that to happen. I did come home um, four months in. I came home for the holidays and for a wedding that I had had um, and then took off again to finish the trip. So I did think I would have went longer. And at some point, you know, Things, it's just, it's tough. It's a tough thing to be on the road for that long. Like you're wearing the same clothes out of the same bag, like over and over. It doesn't matter how many times you wash them. Um, <laughs> you always just feel dirty. Yeah, you know, I, at that point I had worked my way back into Europe from Asia. I didn't have the right clothes in terms of us freezing. <laughs> Nothing was in the store. It was springtime, so they were selling stuff for summer. So different things like that. Um, you know, I was kind of excited to get home to him. I was excited. I had one of my nieces was born while I was on the road. So I was excited to get back and meet her and be with my family and stuff like that. So there was that point. I would say it was probably around, uh, I don't know, eight months, something like that. And then so I still was like, all right, let's keep pushing. Let's let's see more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So So you got back. You went back to your old job. How did you feel about going back to your old job? Well, before I went back to my old job, I searched for a job for five months. So I was never a person, you know, I studied accounting in college. I had a job by junior year going into senior year of, of college. So I never had that experience of having to like look for a job. And I went, I worked at one of the big four public accounting firms for about seven, eight years. And I left there to go to the private equity firm. So I, I smooth transitions, never had any of those issues. So that was a really big eye opener um, for that experience. And the, really the empathy that it gives me for so many people that experience that, even including my own family members that had, my dad was a manufacturing engineer. So it was like almost every two years he was losing mm -hmm. his job because of 
what's happening with manufacturing in the U.S. But um, yeah, so I had that experience of, you know, just the rejection after and the searching and the putting yourself out there. And I remember just crying one day and just my mom, my, at that point, I think my mom got ret was retired. So she was home. I was living in my childhood bedroom. I literally would wake up every day to like my <laughs> college <laughs> framed diploma and all my like stuffed animals around and all of that stuff. And so, so I remember, did you feel like you had gone backwards going back home? Oh, yeah. I think I was so naive. I, that was the thing. I was so naive. I thought, oh, I'll just come home and like within a month, I'll be like living in the city like, you know, having my beautiful, like, relationship, my beautiful life again, boom, just, like, light switch, and I really got humbled, like, yeah. Um, and so how long were you, were you living in your old bedroom at home? From June when I got home till February of the following year, because oh, once you go back to, bad. once you go back to work, you still got to work a few months before anyone's going to rent you a place. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not those light switches, but... Um, yeah, so I, I remember like crying in my bedroom, crying and my mom holding me and I just said like, I just give up, like I just surrender. And it was that, it was very quickly after I surrendered that, um, you know, I was, I was actually driving home from an interview that somebody that was an alumni of the same college kind of set up for me. And it was really like just a courtesy. They really didn't have a job that was going to fit for me. And I was driving home from Philly. I was willing to move to Philly. Um, and it was my birthday and the owner of the private equity firm emailed me to say like, happy birthday. How's it going? I said, I'm still looking for a job. Mm. And then he said, he said, come in on Monday. We'll work something out um, and just get a little money in your pocket, like, and get you back like in the office for a little bit. And that was so Friday. The conversation happened. Monday I was supposed to come in just to talk. And on Saturday, the guy they hired to replace me quit. Wow. <laughs> so when I showed up on Monday, I said, do you want your old job back? Yeah, so that, the so, universe is working. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I really do think it was the surrender. It was like, okay, whatever happens, you know, and then it just, boom, like, fell back. And, of course, there was a part of me that was like, what? What am I doing? Like, I didn't go around the whole world to, like, come back to the same desk. Yeah. Um, and so there was that struggle. And, and right around that time, so in the midst of all this, in the midst of coming back home, the childhood bedroom, the looking for a job, my relationship ends. So what we built and what we thought was so great really didn't work in person. And so we had to realize that. And I think a lot of that was just the way that I was feeling about myself. So I felt like I was just crumbling, right? Like I was always looking for that answer outside of myself. I went to the other side of the world, didn't find it, came home and was starting to like have these other pieces of my identity being challenged, being brought to light, like look, you know, living at home again, really looking at my family dynamics and being like, wow, you know, um, there's, you know, a lot of stuff that happened here that like, isn't really helpful to the way I feel about myself or the, having my needs met and things like that. So, 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 so inside is, is what I'm hearing inside. You were like really crumbling and, and really spinning around, but you oh, had yeah. a great new job again. And well, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't had the job. So the crumbling was really happening like just a couple months after being home. Yeah. And, you know, the seasons are changing. It's starting to go into fall. Which is so all the like, you know, I always laugh, like business really slows down in the summer because the sun makes everybody feel great. Right. And then yeah. business picks up a lot in the fall. Um, so, so yeah, I had a friend, I was really kind of falling apart. And this friend said, go see this woman I go see. And the, 
the woman, she was great. And I felt like she was finally some a practitioner I felt that understood what I was talking about and kind of could see my problem real easily. And in the last like 10 minutes or so of the session, she said, do you want to try this thing called tapping? And, and had you heard of tapping at that point? No, I literally responded to her, I don't care what you call it, just make me feel better. <laughs> ah, so, so you're really like spinning inside. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, whatever you want to do to me, just do it. Like, if you tell me it works, like, and it's funny, because obviously, since then, we've become great friends and colleagues. Sure. And, and she always laughs, like, if you told someone, you, you know, that you could swing a teabag in front of their face, and it would work, they would do it. Because that's, you know, if, yeah. you've got, if you've got the, like, belief, and, you, and you're someone that someone trusts to work with, they'll do whatever, like, you know. But yeah. Of course, it's not just me, it's the science. Sure. There's tons of great science. So you're sitting in her office and says this thing about tapping. Mm -hmm. Did something, did she show you how to do it right then and there? Yeah. And, yeah. And we what she was did, your experience? I totally, to this day, love that she wasn't like, this is how you're going to do it. Like, she didn't get into all the, the clinical precisions of all of it. She just was like, follow what I'm doing and follow what I'm saying. And we mm. just started tapping. We started tapping about this big story that I had lived my whole life on right anytime I perceived something didn't work out for me right so I was going through a lot of rejection my relationship just ended I couldn't find a job like you know all this stuff so every time that happened my belief system was this is happening because your dad wasn't the dad that like you know the dream dad that other people would have gotten he didn't cheer you on he didn't he wasn't doing his homework he wasn't giving you like great advice he what you know he would come home and he would basically drink a lot until he passed out and he has his own issues and I can see that now and feel a lot of compassion for him now um but you know that didn't serve me as a child so that was a really big piece that was missing in terms of how I felt about myself and my worth and so I always equated okay things work out for people that have great dads so people yeah. things don't work out for people that don't and that mm -hmm. was me and so a couple days later after our first session something happened and I went to reach for the story. So like, Oh, this didn't happen again because you know, I've, I was cursed with this and, yeah. and it wasn't there. Like, it's not like my childhood got erased, but it was just that, that, uh, that pathway to that story like wasn't there. And I was like reaching and reaching for the story. And I was like, okay, what is this stuff? Cause it's the exact thing that we tapped on. And very quickly I was like, I, you know, I, we, I of course went back to the next session. I went to one of her workshops in the, in the fall. And then, and I remember that workshop was right before I went back to work. And I was, you know, when you talk about going back to your old job, yeah. I was tapping on and crying about how I'm going to lose myself. I'm going to lose myself when I go back to this job. No, um, no, no. I want to, I want to ask you something because a couple of times, and, and I know what tapping is and I know what EFT is. And a couple of times, like you've maybe gone like this or gone like this, but yeah. um, the audio people can't see this. But I mean, what is that for the people that don't know what it is that that you're doing? Yeah. So I tell people that tapping is like acupressure, right? So we, we all know what acupuncture is, where a needle punctures the skin surface. Mm -hmm. So pressure is just applying pressure to the same point that an acupuncturist would put a needle in. Mm -hmm. And so we just use around, you know, nine, 10, it depends on who you're working with. Some people add in extra points and we use these specific points that are most highly correlated to our emotions. And so 
we are doing that physical piece of it with the talking piece of it. So I say it's like acupressure meets kind of therapy or psychology. That being said, I'm not a therapist. I just want to put that disclaimer out there. So, so I help to guide people. Usually like they come to me and they'll talk about some issue that's giving them an emotional rise, a belief system that they have, you know, see that is really limiting their life in some sort of way. Um, a past experience, a past trauma that they can't seem to shake or, or get over, or they're living in fear of something. So a, a lot of my work is fear-based. And mm-hmm. so what's happening when we're doing this, when we're applying the little bit of tapping pressure, literally like for the people that are in the audio, we're literally just taking like two fingertips and we're just tapping up and down. Just like if you were um, trying to get somebody to move in front of you and you're like, excuse me, on your shoulder. So just like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing that like on our face and on, and like on the upper part of our body in specific places. And that act, that physical activity sends a calming signal to the amygdala, which is the part So, so of actually the- by just using these two fingers yeah. and tapping in different places, wherever it might be, changes our emotional energy. Is that the right term that you so, use? So changes are actually happening emotionally physiologically. So the, the body is literally changing. Like neural pathways are changing the way genes are expressing themselves. We have like MRI scans that show different brain activity changing after doing this. And yeah. yes, energetically. So if you are in the science camp, I'll talk, I'll say nervous system. If you're in more of the woo-woo camp, like I am, but the woo-woo and the science always at, always seem to line up, right? So they come together at some point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I always find that. So if you're a little bit more in the woo-woo camp, that your your energy gets unblocked and you know there is science behind that too these days there's biofield readers which looks something like an x-ray of your energy and you can see blocks in your energy and and your aura should be nice and white and your body should be green and so we can literally see people after they've done a tapping session or some sort of energetic healing session their their scans look differently so We so so you're, I heard you say something about fear a little while ago that you work with a lot of around the idea of fear. So if I'm sitting here and I'm afraid of what whatever it might be, I'm I'm afraid of, of let's do afraid of failing. <laughs> okay, fear of failing. We and I've certainly have had that, just like probably everybody has. But say I have this fear of failing. I'm doing this project. There's some money involved and, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm really nervous about it. And because of Joe, or I'm just making this name up, it's not going to work. So how does tapping help me change that energy? Is that the right question? Yeah. So we want to change the way that you feel, right? Because if you're having, if you're in a fear-based state, the body's going to respond. So the amygdala, that part of your brain, the oldest part of your brain that determines like whether you should flee or you should fight, or some people, they freeze, right? They go into a shock. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that that part of the brain is turned off. And when we do that, we turn back on the prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of your brain that is responsible for decision-making, problem-solving, empathy. So you and Joe <laughs> get to work better together because now you got some empathy for each other. You can, you can come and see it with a more clear vision than seeing it, you know, all, all of a sudden seeing, you know, Joe, only Joe's problem, only Joe's like negativity or whatever it is. And, and does Joe even need to know that I'm doing this? No, not at all. No. Oh. 
And the thing is, we're all energetic beings, right? So when your energy changes, Joe's energy's got to change in relation to yours. Yeah. And the way you behave, Joe's behavior is going to change in relation to yours. So, you know, if we, if we work on that, if we shift your fear, we shift your belief systems, you will be open to finding new solutions, you know, new creative creativity is going to get unleashed, new way of being with Joe. So there's a lot of things though. And then getting, you know, working to get deeper on it, on it, like, well, you know, is it Joe or does Joe feel sort of like your dad? you know, yeah. or does Joe represent something else? Or, like everyone's a mirror to us, right? So when somebody's triggering it in us, it's probably a reflection of something that we feel inside of ourselves isn't, you know, something sure. we would want to like deal with or we feel confident about. Yeah. yeah. Is this uh, like rapid eye movement, EDMR, is this similar process to that? I mean, I, I've, got, I know I've got to do some research on what on EMDR because you're like the third person this week that's like asked me about EMDR. And I do know that, yes, it does some, it is involves some sort of physical thing and left and right side meridians and like energy crossing. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I know it has a lot of effective science behind it as well. Um, and I, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that it's more of a therapist tool. Whereas mm. tapping is more of an every person's tool. Okay. So people can come and work with me, but you can also go on YouTube and find thousands of videos. You can do it if you understand the sequence, if you understand how to do the setup statement, and I'm happy to teach the audience, you can do it on your own. You know, if you're driving somewhere, you can even do it on while you're driving, right? You, know, you can bump your hand on the steering wheel a little and then drive one hand. But don't, you know. And is there get, something that you say when you're doing this? Yes. So if, if you want, I'll do a little demo and I'll try to describe it as best I can for the people that are, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That are listening. So we start, so with tapping, we always go into the, the way that we feel the crappiness, the challenge. We just go headfirst into it. We name it. We're not running away from it. We're not throwing affirmations on top of it and trying to like pretend it doesn't exist and spend all day long trying to change our thoughts. It doesn't work. We got to do the deep work. We got to face it and take away its power. So, you know, I like laugh. It's like putting polish on top of dirt. Like you got to sweep the dirt out first, then you yeah. can go polish it with those things. So whatever it is that we're working on, we want to have a clear idea of what we're working on, name it. And you want to also feel into your body. Is there anything going on when you think about that? Your example, right? If you go back to Joe, when you think about Joe, like what's happening? Like, are you getting tightness in your stomach? Are you getting pressure in your chest, you like you getting close, like closing in your throat, whatever's happening physically, we want to take note of that. We want to take note of any emotions that you're having. So frustration, fear, I'm angry at him. I'm really sad. I'm disappointed. I feel shame for having these feelings, things like that. We want to, mm -hmm. that's all the wor the words and, and the information that we're going to work with. Mm -hmm. And we want to assess where we are on a scale of like one to 10, right? So 10 is like, we're off the charts, fuming, really mm -hmm. high emotions zero is we don't really know to do any tapping at all, right? Yeah. So we want to take that measurement because as we're going, this is a systematic approach, we want to make sure that we're, after the tapping rounds, analyzing like where we are and we want to work ourselves down, you know, hopefully to, to zero one. If we get stuck, it's probably there's something else that's come to the surface that needs to be worked through, right? Not the original stuff that we've gathered. Sure. So, so let, let's say I'm uh, fearful of this project with Joe and I'm on a seven. Yeah. 
What so, do, do I tap like a certain place and go, okay, I'm a seven and I wish Joe would go away? I mean, what do I do? <laughs> so we, we would start on the side of the hand. So that, that fleshy part, like we used to call it the karate chop. So if you were like in a karate chop, a, a piece of wood, whatever hand you would do that with, you take the opposite hand and you take the fingertips on there and you just tap lightly on that side. And we start with the setup statement. So the setup statement formula is even though, and you would fill in your problem or challenge, even though I really can't stand Joe right now. Okay. And, and then you would say something. I'm doing neutral. it with you. Yeah. Okay. So you would say something neutral. And the textbook formula, I know that you know EFT and you learned from the, the man, right? So let's tell, well, let's I learned tell from your, one of his trainers. Okay. So Gary Craig is the man who invented this, right? An engineer, guys, not a therapist, right? He really was systematic in creating a tool that he wanted every person to use out there, right? So even though, you know, I'm flipping mad at Joe and I can't stand him, and then we say, the, text, the textbook is, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Now. Let's be real here. A lot of people are not ready for deeply and completely loving and accepting themselves on day yeah. one of tapping. A lot yeah. of people on month three tell me they feel like a completely different person. So when I work with someone over the long term, I start to introduce those concepts later, so, right? Because so what would I do? Even though I totally don't, or even though I don't like Joe, I wish I wasn't working for him. I totally and completely. I accept this is the way myself. the situation, except this is the way the situation is right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so anything neutral. I, like okay. I'm here, I'm here present in my body. I'm open to, I'm open to there being a resolve. So whatever you want to, my favorite, which is something I use all the time is, and I, I choose to have kindness and compassion for myself anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, and that's, you know, like really just to honor what we're feeling, not judge it and just hold the space for ourselves because we got to feel it to heal it. Right. So let yourself have your feelings, name your feelings. So we do this three times and you can change it up each time, even though I'm feeling so ashamed about my, you know, feelings towards my business partner, Joe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I accept that's the way that I, you know, I'm feeling right now. I'm open to changing it. So something like that we do three times. So even though I don't really know Joe and I'm doing <laughs> this tapping, I feel different. <laughs> you, yeah, you're open to feeling different? Yeah. Well, no, I feel different. Yeah, you do already? Oh. Yeah, just, just from the kind of... Session's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so, I don't know. Is that too soon? Should I not feel different I already? I would say that's a little soon. And okay. I, just because I don't want to mislead the audience, um, because one of the biggest challenges I see with tapping is that people don't do it long enough. Mm. Yeah, so, so then after we do the setup three times, and we would, I start at the top of the head, I work my way down, and so we're really just do, we're tapping on the crown of the head. I know a lot of your listeners do yoga, so they know what the crown is. Mm -hmm. So just tapping on the crown, and we would just say, like, the little parts that are bothering us, like Joe's fuming face, and, you know, I'm so angry at him, and I'm, I'm afraid he's going to get mad at me. And so I'm working my way down, and as I say each one of these things, I, I just tapped where the eyebrow meets the nose, and then on the outside of the eye, just on the bone outside the eye, and you would still just, I'm, I'm really angry at him. And then mm. under, under the eye, you know, I, I can't trust him. I don't like his decision making. Under the nose, I don't want to give him this piece of the project. You know, and it sounds like just words, but let me tell you, when you start moving the stuff around, the truth comes mm. out and you start mm. to see what is this really about? Mm -hmm. um, and then under the mouth, so that little crux of your chin, 
You know, I, I, I have a hard time trusting anyone with my stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you see, it's maybe not about Joe. Joe might just be the thing that is the surface. It's like, oh, but you know what? I really don't feel safe trusting people. And if I'm in a business project, I've got to do that or I'm going to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I came down to the collarbone and then we have under, under the and arm. This is the, called the sore point, right? I call it the collarbone point. The yeah. Collarbone. Okay. yeah. And, um, and that one's really easy. Like kids, kids hit it with their whole hands. So you really can't mess this stuff up too much. Um, and then under the side of the body, like on, under your arm, on your rib cage, and kind of if you're female listeners, it's probably the bottom of your bra. You're just mm -hmm. tapping there. And you can tap like I'm doing with the same hand on the same side of the body. If it's easier for you, it's kind of like a hug across your body and you can mm -hmm. tap the other side. Mm -hmm. And then I also do this point, this anger point. So same, same, um, layer like going just across horizontally to the edge of your rib cage right right there on that bone so i use that one too and then i go back up to the head and yeah we're just we're just saying how we feel we're just taking that information that we gathered at the beginning the emotions the body what we feel in the body all, all this tightness in my chest because i know i have to talk to joe and yeah. what happens is and so we do we spend a little time going around and then we'll take a deep breath and we'll assess Okay, so how, how are we feeling in our body now? Has that cleared up? Has it start to move around? How are we on that scale, right? You were at a seven. Do we, are you at a five now? Okay, so we know we're getting somewhere. So we want to just well, I, I got to tell you again, even though I don't know Joe and I started at this made-up seven, I'm probably at a two or a three now. Yeah, so that's perfect. So, <laughs> you know, we want to get just probably that little bit of, of end done. And sometimes we don't even need to tap it all the way down. We, we check in with ourselves a day later and we're like, what, what was wrong with Joe? I don't remember. Yeah. That's really how powerful it is. It just kind yeah. of shifts things around. So yeah. So when, when you do this, I, I want to go back a little bit now that you kind of explained this a little bit, you were in your corporate job back at that same desk that you used to be at, you were sitting there. What got you away from the desk. I don't know if I have the sequence right here, but away from the desk, starting to do EFT and tapping. Well, you know, I literally in this moment of you asking me, I'm like almost tearing because for the first time in this moment live, I'm realizing that the reason I didn't get that job or all the jobs was because I had to find tapping. So I found tapping while I was unemployed. Then I went back to work, but I was still I signed up to become a practitioner. So I started all the coursework and I started to see clients at night. Mm -hmm. So um, I would literally go to work all day and then I had to see a number of clients or a number before I could get, become certified. Mm -hmm. So I would see three clients at night. <laughs> yeah. So 10 o'clock at night. And then I go to bed with all their energy and I wasn't doing good self care and I wasn't ready. You know, I didn't, I didn't have enough time to go through a lot of my own stuff. And so it was, it was only a matter of time before that didn't work and I took a time out from getting my certification and I signed up with another tapping practitioner for five months of deep work on myself mm -hmm. and so just working and, on yourself yeah, yeah just working on myself because really in order to hold the space for someone else you got to keep cleaning out your own stuff yeah so um I, I describe it as you you know like in your kitchen and maybe you've dropped some food in the kitchen and then underneath that little you know the counter you know, there's that little space right there. And it's like sometimes accumulates like breadcrumbs and dust and all that. And it's like, you got to get that out of the way 
before you have a clean kitchen, right? Before yeah. you can cook or do something else. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so I did a lot of work for myself, and then I felt great. I finally got the thing I wanted, right, which was to feel good from inside. And I, I was like, ah, oh, I just want to, like, enjoy this for a while. I don't, I don't want to, like, hold space. So more time went by, and I had that little voice that kept saying, like, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing, Jackie. Like, yeah. this isn't how you're supposed to show up in the world. And it, It's I, interesting because I, I want to throw something in here. There's some similarities in, in the mid-'90s. They said I was, I was raising some capital, and I was working on a particular project that had to do it with waste management and, and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't really want to do it. And I'd been doing a lot of yoga and I'd done yoga for almost 10 years at that point. And I had my tailor-made suit and ties and shirts and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, above the banker look kind of stuff almost. And I just didn't want to do the project anymore. I just mm -hmm. wanted to do yoga. And even though I wasn't really working for anybody, I felt like I was still working for somebody. Because, you know, putting those deals together, you're still kind of working for somebody somehow, mm -hmm. right? And so I left my, my suit and I just, I kept on my yoga shorts and that's all that I wanted to do. And what, what I'm hearing from you, and maybe this is just my mind, but you were in this corporate environment and then you kind of left and you started doing this tapping, but you didn't want to go back. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, I went back because I wanted, you know, I, I needed the income, but, um, and I wanted to like, you know, get an apartment and like settle in and start nesting again and all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I used to describe my job as soul neutral, right? So it's not a bad job. We're not bad people. It was a great office. It was a nice family feel. I knew everybody's families. I, we, I was there, you know, not counting the time I left, I was there almost seven years. And yeah. um, we did good things, you know, we sent people to college, we helped people retire, like we made really sound investments with companies and you know, created companies where people grew and added employees and stuff like that. I had no problem with what we were doing. It wasn't like some of the horror pictures of, you know, finance in New York City that you see yeah. out there. But it wasn't fulfilling me. It, and now, like, you know, I, I finished the day, I finished, a, I have finished a session, the, you know, a couple hours ago, and like, already have a message from that person saying how much better they feel, how, how much easier the work is coming to them this afternoon. And, yeah. and that, you know, and knowing that that person, I work with a lot of people that are coaches or change makers that are really out there, like helping to change our world. And I've gone through a lot of the similar stuff that we went through that, that, had some sort of experience that was transformational in their life, found something that set their soul on fire and want to do that. And they still need a little bit of help from somebody like me to help them through resolving a little bit of that trauma or those old limiting beliefs or the fears that have it, that are keeping them from really stepping into completely who they're meant to be. But when I help people do that, I don't just light up myself, I light the whole world up because I'm lighting it up through them. They're going out there and changing it in an exponential way. Yeah. And, and that's really like my, my mission and my motivation of why I do what I do right now. I'm just turning down my light a little bit. The sun's coming back out. <laughs> Good, then there won't be any thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, we had a big crash a moment ago. But, um, so... Are you, you're doing this full-time now, is that correct? Yes. 
And are you working, do you work on Skype or do you do one-on-one? Do you have an office? How do you work with people? Yeah, so I work, I actually work through a program. So I created a program specifically for entrepreneurs. It's a three-month program and we work one-on-one, but it's also a framework that allows them to work through in a systematic way what I believe is the biggest um, challenges that entrepreneurs experience. And I based that upon a year-long business coaching program that I had been in that was a group program. And every other week, I, we would get on the mastermind where all of us would log in. And every week, I would watch really entrepreneurs that were either seasoned or brand new. It didn't matter. Really emotional, really upset about something that was challenging them in their business. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what needs EFT. This is exactly the type of stuff that like a coach is going to help you solve an acute problem, but EFT is going to help solve, like it's going to help you heal at a deeper level so that you can solve your own problem. Well, just talking to you makes me want to do more of it again because at one point in my life, I I did a fair amount of it, but it's just like, oh, wow, this is really good again. Like I said, even the Joe thing, even though there's no Joe, I still went from a seven to a three or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you like, I, you know, I have some of my marketing out there, like heal through your business, like, yeah. you know, let this be, let all this stuff that's coming up to the surface be something that is an opportunity for you to heal and do the deep work. Like, and you will feel better, like not just in your business, but bonus your whole life too. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I do work on in zoom rooms. So that's, you know, people don't have to come see me. A lot of people, log on in their pajamas and all sorts of fun stuff, you know, um, you know, and I, I still do work with people that are not entrepreneurs. I have a much shorter program for them. It's four weeks and really just getting to the core worth stuff, the safety stuff, the, the fears, the trauma, stuff like that. So, um, and then if they, if they choose to do continue working with me after that's fine because they've worked through a program, but I won't do a one-off session with someone because I really like working with people that are dedicated that, want to get better are ready or like me that are like this is it like it this is this tool's got to work because I'm not I don't want to feel like this anymore and those are the people I really want to work with and and I want to build a relationship with them over time and the reality is is like one session can make you feel better it's not going to like provide this long lasting change you know that that takes work it took a lot of years for somebody to get to where they are now and it's going to take a little bit of time and I, I can say this because it's backed by science, but it will be quicker than therapy. It's proven yeah. to be more effective. Like it's proven to be quicker. It's proven to be more long lasting yeah. on things like on things like anxiety, things like PTSD, depression. So we know it's it's really powerful tool. And so people that are in my program are tapping every day because yeah. they have access to all my videos. They have access to exercises that help them to pull out what it is and then what they can't really whatever they're stuck on is where we do stuff in private session. Yeah. So, I, so I, is it mostly all one-on-one or do you do group stuff too? And is there like an, an online membership site? Is that where they get the video? Oh my God. You're like the universe is serving up. That is exactly what I'm like starting to work on. So right. I do, I do believe in the deep work, but I also believe in that EFT helps to make you productive, helps to get you through those little like, um, pitfalls in the middle of your day. We know procrastination is a, is an emotional issue. So anything like that. Um, so I, I have this belief that tapping will help every entrepreneur out there. 
and that every entrepreneur out there should be tapping. And so, yes, I do actually want to create a membership site. Um, so I am in the works of doing that right now. And so that would involve me coming on. I don't know what the frequency would be, but me coming on and doing a one-to-many group tapping and getting and soliciting like feedback from the group, maybe even pulling somebody on, doing the one-on-one -on -one with them in front of everybody and everybody following because there's a, there's a phenomenon called borrowing benefits. So actually everybody's um, that level that's that one to 10, everybody's goes down, even if it's not their particular issue. And it, and it helps not just with what we're tapping on, it helps with related issues. So it's beneficial for everybody. Um, yeah, so I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but that is where I want to go because I do want to make this a movement. I believe that if you're an entrepreneur and you're tapping, you will, life will be easier, you will make better decisions, you will make more money, and you will do it feeling better about yourself. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you a question. Um, I won't ask you the money question, but I'll ask this question. Are you happier now doing what you're doing now than you were when you were doing raising capital and equity and all of that? I have my ups and downs for sure. You no. know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. And I, the other day I've, I was saying to myself, I need to redefine what makes me happy mm. because what the things that used to make me happy, going shopping, going out to dinner, spent, you know, hundreds of dollars in dinner, whatever, like those things, you know, I'm in still, I think I'm about, one year officially out of work, right? So those things, I'm still not able to do them like as freely as I used to. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind, I'll make more money doing this than I ever did doing anything else yeah. because I have a vision and, <laughs> and a mission. And I know that like that's going to happen. Um, so I'm not really worried too much about the money. I worked really hard and set myself up so that, yeah. you know, could support myself doing this. Um, and I just think like when you love something, the money just shows up. Yeah. It's not even something that you have to worry about too much. But I do tap on a lot of money beliefs with, <laughs> with clients and I've got, you know, my own stuff. So, you know, you, you got to use your tools. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, values and what's important to us definitely changes. And I know for me, that was true too. And, and you know, I live at 3,700 feet in the mountains and, and I went up into the woods um, this morning for a couple of hours and shot a couple of videos because uh, uh, it's something that, that I'm working on. So I just went up there and I shot a couple of videos and they're, they're not very long videos. And um, it just, I feel really grounded when I'm in nature. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do a lot of trails. I go more off trail. I park somewhere and then I go off trail. I'm comfortable in the woods like that enough to be able to do that. And it's just like, energetically i just feel like more balanced if, if that's the right terminology yeah. you know and yeah, you know I love yeah and what you're doing too you know we, we talked about some some other people um that have been involved in, in eft and in tapping for a while and there's some other people I, I know as well that you probably do too so you know, what's your next step? And if somebody wants to get a hold of you and to find out more about you and what you do and um, maybe sign up with you, where would they go? Where's the best place? So there's my website, JackieSimic.com. And that's the same. I have the same Instagram name, Jackie Simic. The 
same Facebook, you'll find me under Jackie Simic. So um, my last, so it's J-C-K-I-E, and my last name is S-I-M as in mom, E-K. And there's buttons and links there to like, if you can, you can book a phone call with me, that is the way to start working with me. It is just to see that we have the right chemistry, that this is the right thing for you at this point in time. Um, it's got to really be mutually beneficial on both ends because we're going to spend quality time together on the same team for, yeah. <laughs> for a few months. So um, yeah. And then if anyone has any questions, I love talking about it um, with anyone. I'm, I'm really generous, I believe, with my resources. Like if, if I see someone's got a problem and I've got a tapping video for that, I'd have no problem sending it to them um, if they want to try it out. And in around the city, I, you know, I do workshops. I usually have like two a month um, where, you know, either it's a workshop or I'm being hosted by somebody else to come in and explain what tapping is. So those are not on my website. Those are usually on the footer of my newsletter. So if you want to sign up for my newsletter, it's called a note from your higher self. It's not from me from your higher self, just little reminders um, of the person that I know that you are um, underneath, you know, the fear and the beliefs and all that stuff that, um, yeah. you know, we pick up along the way. It's not our true self. We pick that yeah. stuff up. So. Yeah. so, so when you say you go into places, do you go into like corporations or businesses? To I have done some, um, you know, you have to market it the right way for stress relief. And it is a very effective tool for, for stress relief. Like we know that the cortisol, which is a stress hormone comes down with tapping twice as much as with meditation and mindfulness. So a lot of corporations are into meditation and mindfulness. They're not quite there on the tapping because it looks silly or it might be a little too into the, like the therapy zone, but to teach employees this tool that they can do easily at their desk to just calm themselves before going and doing a presentation or brainstorming something or coming up with creative ideas. It's really beneficial for, for anyone out there. Um, and I've worked with, you know, before I, started to niche down into entrepreneurs, I worked with so many different types of people and like help people get raises. Um, and all that was really just the energy and the way that they felt about themselves. And so if they felt really confident and then they went and had that meeting, they had really great results mm -hmm. because it wasn't, it was asking from a place of worth and not asking from like a place of like, I, I really hope, you know, I get this, <laughs> you yeah. know, so so I have helped a lot of people in the corporate setting. Um, you know, back when I was still working and, and moonlighting and stuff like that, my office was always like people coming and talking about their feelings. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to do more of that. I love like, you know, even people that are real estate and sales teams, things like that to really help them with breaking through those beliefs of like, nobody wants this or I, I can't like negotiate this whatever types of beliefs are standing in your way, that's really like the heart of, of my work. Yeah. We, we are just about af, out of time. I was just looking up at my clock. I did fly uh, by. Yeah. The question that I have, and you've shared a lot with us, and you know, I've learned a lot again about tapping. I've learned more about how tapping, I mean, you've, I've heard you talk about how it's good for this and, and, um, especially like working with entrepreneurs, especially and getting rid of the Joes of our life, at least the emotions around the Joes. Yeah. Are, of, of, the Joes are always going to be there. So we got to work yeah, on ourselves. Joe and Jill, Jack and Jill, however, however you want to call it, they're, they're always going to be there. Uh, but I've learned a lot from just this short time. And even that little tapping demonstration we, we were doing a little while ago, I felt my energy change. So when I heard you talk about having these groups and even though somebody else may be doing it, we all benefit. 
Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really um, a pretty re remarkable thing. But a as we close off, is there anything that you haven't mentioned today that maybe the, the listener could, um, maybe a, a little tip or an, an idea that the listener may be able to use? That yeah, yeah. I'm, like I mentioned a little bit like before when we were doing the tapping script, like to have, choose to have kindness and compassion for yourself. And I think the, the self-compassion is more important than self-esteem. It's the way we treat ourselves when we F up um, because we're human and we do. And so a lot of times like we, we get so down on ourselves, we berate ourselves inside of our heads. And I want, if you're doing that, I want you to catch yourself compassionately. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're saying, if you wouldn't say it to a stranger walking on the street, don't say it to yourself. If you yeah. wouldn't say it to a child, don't say it to yourself. Be really kind and gentle. There's a child living within all of us and we're just doing the best that we can. And a lot of times what we're doing is just in reaction to something that has happened to us that wasn't our fault, that happened when we were young and we're, we you know, laid that down with our really young thinking and made it mean something and then we operated on it and picked up beliefs and situations that supported it, but it's really not who we are and we can unlearn it. And so we have, you know, limitless potential within us and can really apply the tools and live and feel a truly different experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now I, I want to say, you said something about effing up. So I hope you didn't mean <laughs> falling up because falling up's a good thing, right? Yeah. I think the effing up was more like effing down or something. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, yeah. So any, anyway, your website again, tell it to everybody. JackieSimic.com. So J-A-C-K-I-E-S-I-M-E-K. I am a terrible marketer. So if you liked the way I sounded on here, that is the true me. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think that you've been, you've been great. Again, I, I've learned a lot and um, I'm, I can't speak for the listeners, but I hope that they've, they've learned a lot as well. I'm sure they have. And we'll probably hear from some of them as well. Um, so again, if, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher or one of the other platforms, if you go to fallingupradio.com, you'll see Jackie's episode there. And you can go there and learn more about her as well as the links to her website and, and some of the other pages that she mentioned are all right there for you to look at at any time. And be sure, especially, I mean, this was such an amazing show and we learned so much. Be sure to share this with your friends, you know, re repost it on your Facebook page or send an email to your friends or to your mom or whoever it might be and, and share it. And because this information is so great. And one of the things too that, that, that I like about tapping in EFT and, and what Jackie has shared with us today is that most things are fairly simple. It's not that complicated, but it's learning to, to come back to that simplicity and really begin to utilize those tools in, in our lives, not only for, our, for ourselves, but for the people around us and our friends and our family and the people that give us coffee at the coffee shop and everything else. If we're better people, you know, it's truly think globally, but act locally, local, yourself is the, the closest local you can get, right? So if we just keep working on ourselves, perhaps we can make, no, no, I'm gonna take away for perhaps, we will make a better world. 
So Jackie, again, I'm, I'm really happy that, that you could jump in today and share your insight and, and wisdom and, and inspiration um, with everybody uh, listening as well as myself. Thank you so much. It was honestly such a pleasure. Great. So, so hold on. And again, everybody share this with all your friends and families. This is Michael uh, Harris at Falling Up Radio, and we'll talk to you soon.